Hello, friends. Today's podcast is sponsored by Dante Zampetti, loan officer with Movement Mortgage, specializing in helping veterans use the benefits they have earned. No adventure has a question on the VA home loan benefits. Dante can help. Call him at 937-522-5419 to learn more. Dante Zampetti, an MLS number 1452256, Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity. An MLS ID 39179, Today's guest, friend of mine from college, she's a financial advisor, planner type person that messes with people's money. Um, she actually messes my money, so don't. Hopefully, she doesn't talk about any of my finances. Be awkward. But um, Ben, I think you'll get a lot out of it. Looking forward to it. Ben needs help with this yeah. type of stuff, so it's it's it'll be good for him. But let's get to it. All right. How you doing, Stacy? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem, Stacy. Do you like the uh, interview tactic we do where we actually turn up the heat in the room? <laughs> yes. We like to sweat our guests out. It is 95 degrees like in this room. I feel like I'm under pressure. Like, where were you? Friday night at such and yes. such time right? with like, the heat lamp. And it's, it's actually hot in here. This is That's very okay. hot. That's okay. Adaptability. Yeah. So, Stacy, why don't you uh, kind of introduce yourself, say a little bit about people, sure. what you do, who you work with sure. before. Sure. Um, my name is Stacy Kesters. I work for Baird. Uh, a couple things that um, are pretty exciting about Baird, just not to give them a plug, but we celebrated 100 years last year in 2019. Nice. Thanks. They had a big shindig in Milwaukee. Um, and one thing that I think is really cool, we're privately held employee owned. And okay. previous to working at Baird, I worked at- Employee owned. I, I worked, didn't know that. Yeah. I worked at a larger wirehouse. I worked at Morgan Stanley. So it's been really interesting to see the difference between privately mm-hmm. held- not dictated by outside, you know, shareholder interests when it comes yep. to decision making. Keller Williams. Yep. And, yeah, see? and so I think something that speaks for itself, too, is we're a Fortune 100 best company to work for. So I think that says something, too. If you care about your associates and the associates want to show up every day, we want to take care of our clients. So I thought that's something pretty cool to share. But a little bit about me. Like I said, I, I graduated from Ohio State, went to Morgan Stanley straight out of college as an assistant. Right. Um, was very honest with my boss and said, I will put in the work. I will be an assistant for as long as the team needs me, but this is not going to be my my end goal. They had some lifers on the team, which I respected, but it just wasn't going to be for me. So stayed as an assistant for a few years, became a financial planner on the team, and then really had kind of a come to Jesus moment. Is this where I really see my future? Or do I want to make a change? Um, decided to move to Dayton. Woohoo! <laughs> I mean, I was trying to was kind move. of familiar with the area, but yeah. it was different. But moved, um, moved to Dayton and became an advisor with the Ingersoll Winning Group at Baird, and I absolutely love it. Awesome. Yeah, I at, at Morgan, I that I was held back a little bit. I didn't want to do the advisor role per se with them because it was about do I want a, a small slice of the pie? How do they do things? And it was. Mm-hmm. For me, it was really about a lack of confidence, to be completely honest. Um, And then I realized your clients don't expect you to know every single thing. It's okay to say, I don't know. I think it's more about, do I listen? Do I have empathy? Am I there for them? Those types of things, rather than fear of not knowing something. So long-winded, a little bit about. No, that's good. I think a lot of same things with real estate. Yeah. I well, mean, you don't I, have the answer for everything. And then also starting the business off and then saying you're not going to be like, she, essentially she's on a team Yep. and Morgan Stanley and just be like, Hey, this isn't going to be my forever thing. Sometimes you got to cut the string and go off on your own essentially. And, oh, and yeah. if you pretend, you know, the answer, you, you look like a dumb, dumb brain. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, just say dumb, you dumb don't brain. know a dumb, dumb brain. Are you working on your kid talk? I am. <laughs> <laughs> it takes one time to dig yourself in a hole. Yes. To never do it again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking from experience. Oh, you, you learn from experience. You're just going to keep yeah. going and keep going. Keeps you up at night. Not worth it. Yep. I totally, I, I have had that experience a number of times in real estate. It took me like 15, I still think I might be making a mistake every now and again. <laughs> Ben's def- well. <laughs> definitely making mistakes. Yeah. 
If I don't know the answer, I'll pretend I do until right. you get. If really, I want really a good mad. laugh, I go to Ben and be like, "Hey, what deal's crashing right now? What did you do to cause it?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, I'm so much better than them." I really hope none of our clients ever listen to this and they're like, "Wait a second, what about that Bargy group? They seem like they don't screw up." I don't no, know who the Bargy it. group is. I know the Bargy team, but you know. Bargy team. It's admitting it, learning from it, yes, growing. It's evolving. Always. Well, we talked about that in the last one, like the extreme ownership, which is like, yeah. eh, I screwed up. What can I do? Nine out of ten times, people are okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just want you to hear. They want to hear they're mad you accept it or that you did screw up and you just go from there. Have an answer. I mean, or hey, this is what I did. This is how I'm fixing it. This is what will be done. Yeah. Right. I think that's the big thing is mm-hmm. going to them and not saying, hey, I made a mistake. And then it's the end of the conversation. Yeah. It's, well, here's my actual item of how I'm fixing it. Right. And having and laying that groundwork and not just saying, I screwed up. You have to yeah. know what <laughs> you're yeah, doing. Right. Like, hey, I screwed up, man. And they're going to be like, okay, now what? Like, you got to have an A to Z <laughs> yeah. right. how you're going to fix or you're just got to tell them, hey, it's fucked. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> you lost 10K and there's nothing I can do about Buddy, it. Buddy, I would let me go is what I would say, <laughs> what I would suggest. Let me refer you to someone. Yeah, basically. Um, the funny thing is, People, I think, get more concerned about who their financial advisor or planner is than they do a real estate agent. I would agree with that. Well, and I thought about that before I came on. Okay. I think the the difference sometimes is for the, for you guys, and correct me if I'm wrong. You make you make the sale, or that you have the commission. You have to move on. It's not that that person still isn't important to you, or that like you mentioned right. last episode. I might follow through with someone that I met at that deal, or whatever it may be. But you're on to the next. Where for us, we bring somebody in that that relationship has to get nurtured forever so generationally <laughs> so I mean, here's what and i think going. you are exactly right that is what most real estate agents do mm-hmm. um it is collect my commission check move on maybe they'll call me back real estate agents should be doing what you guys are doing and it is a generational follow-up right sending the kids birthday cards exactly. so when those kids go exactly. to buy a house that way you're not out there making cold calls when you're 25 years in the business. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, I, I think, I think you, you are exactly right that that is, the, that is the general gist of what a real estate agent does. They collect the commission. They do a good service for 45 days, 50 days, and then see you later. Right. And I will ca- a little caveat to that is it is right, but for us, they don't want us checking in every month to no. say, how's the house? Here's what your, your appreciation went up, $225 this month, or it went down $50. Whereas on the financial side, people are like, oh, COVID-19 hit and crap hit the fan. And they're like, what's happening now? Uh, Because I reached out to you when that happened. But then it's also like ours is you do put them on the back burner, but then you you do stay in touch on a personal level, not so much like what are your needs with housing? I mean, you can, but it's just different. You can. Yeah, it's a specific topic where we're supposed to help in just about every facet of life. I mean, it's one of our favorite things when a client calls. So I'm trying to find a vehicle. What do you think? I'm thinking, I mean, they're asking us questions that don't <laughs> really? even relate to what we do, but that it's just a good says, thing, though. Yeah. I'm going to run it past you. I trust you. And it, right. you bringing up COVID, I, this time has been interesting because, I mean, I started my career during the financial crisis. So that was okay. like, this is what I studied at Ohio State. And this is what I said I was going to do. And is this what, you know, you had <laughs> yeah. that moment of like, oh my God. So I think starting the career, my career path with that, but then now having the longest bull market and then this happening, it is such an opportunity. I mean, probably in your field too, but it's such an opportunity for advisors to not hide under their desk. Now don't get, I might get ready to call somebody and be like, like yeah. prepping myself up. How are those But you calls? have to make the call. You know, my biggest um, sticking point is client education. So meaning this has been a, a time that has been extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. I get angst still. I'm not, I'm not immune to like, so, oh, okay, we're down 15%. Okay, no, but I'm not immune to that yet. It's not like, and I don't know that you ever, I mean, my partner's been doing mm-hmm. it for 30 years and I mean, you feel a responsibility. I can't yeah. control what the market does, but you feel a responsibility to these people. So the client education piece for me is important because if we spent the time to, to tell them, this is how you're positioned, you know, you're, all in the market, maybe you're not, maybe you have cash on hand, whatever. And they say, even in, during the bull market, I'm not getting calls, market's up 30, why am I only up 18? Because they know I'm more conservative, yeah, I right. don't have as much in. So the client education's been such an integral part of our practice and has helped us through this transition. And we're making the calls. That's the most important thing. I talked to some friends or family members that don't work with us and they say, you know, I got like a video link from my advisor, but I haven't heard from them. It's difficult to make the call, but they're going to respect you so much more by just right. doing it. 
And I, like I said, don't get me wrong. I might get on or off the call, like pacing around, like sweating. And, but you, you <laughs> yeah. just got to do it. It's be, making yourself uncomfortable sometimes. Do people so. not understand that the market doesn't only go up? <laughs> no. Because, yeah. Thank you. Wait, can we get, can you record this? Yeah. Like, can I play this? Because it's, I, because of the bull market we've had too for the last 10 years, we just met with somebody at the end of last year and they're like, I want to be more aggressive. I want to be more aggressive. It's like, Again, client, let's talk about this. Do you really know right. what that means? Because all they're expecting is that. The so growth. you're right. And I think the other thing people don't get too is, yes, I feel for the people that retired this year that are like, why would I need to tap into that now? Yeah. Now I'm, so I feel for those people. But if you're, if you have that long-term trajectory, this shouldn't, it, sh it might scare you for other reasons. Maybe it's like my yeah. job's not, I'm not as immune as I thought I was, you know, at my job or I'm, and we're seeing some good things come out of it, like the savings rate and things like that. But I, I don't know. I no mean, one cares about the savings rate. Can I might put your I might put your viewers <laughs> to sleep when you talk about. <laughs> Let's not get analytical, but surprisingly, there's a lot of correlations with everything you said in real estate. It's the exact yeah. same thing. When someone's like, "Why is my house not selling when everyone else is selling in three days?" Well, right. It looks like it's not the best house on the market, and yeah. no one's buying a house beat up just because everything else. I mean, it's an interesting conversation you have to have. And just they told us, you know, hey, start making your calls your clients. Tell them what's going on. Like when COVID-19 happened, we, at least in Ohio, real estate was not nearly effective. If anything, it made it tougher. Right. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. when Tougher for buyers, I think. Yeah. When COVID hit, I, I started calling on my clients, hey, this is what it's going to be. It may be a little rocky and it just ended up, our sellers are at a better position now than they were when it started. Right. So, you know, kind of foot and mouth, but. But you're, you made they, the call. Yeah, I made I made a difficult but conversation, no but it turned knew. out better for them. Correct. I mean, no one knew what right, was going to happen. Right before Stacey came in here, I'm like, man, your job has to suck right now because yeah. one day the market's up, one day it's down, it goes on its longest run and highest. I'm like, and we talked about this on episode, we're like, what the fuck is going on right yeah. now? We I have know. no idea. I know. And no I think, idea. I think you look, you look to history, you try to look at patterns, this, but when you have the Federal Reserve chairman using words like these are unprecedented times. You're like, <laughs> Oh, I can't rely on all the history yeah. books to like get us no. through this. So I think that's, that is, that is, it's been a roller coaster, No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. I think that it's one of those things where we're trying to inform our clients. So now we, we have people that say, I want my play account and I want to day trade it. Fine. I'm not going to that take a piece and do that. If that's important to you, go to a low transaction firm and do that. That's fine if that's a hobby of yours. But what we're trying to do is not be speculators. We're really trying to make not one good buy, but several good you're, buys. You're you know, investing, like not, not trading. Yeah, and it's one of those, I'm yeah. not. we're not trying to speculate on things. We're trying to make, and so we're using this time. I mean, don't get me wrong, the people that got in at the end of March that have seen some good you know, returns and things since it's rebounded. But yeah, it is, it's been tough to navigate. It's been a roller coaster. That is for sure. Or we're expecting a little bit of a pullback, not an 1800 point pullback though. So it's just, yeah. it has, it's been really how, dramatic. How are you getting new clients right now? So the, these times. <laughs> are you getting new yeah, clients? <laughs> hey, come on. It's a good time to invest. Well, the, here's the tough part. And I don't know about you guys. I am such a um, business getting done face to face is so much easier than. Mm -hmm. Yes the phone call and it might be, Oh, Hey, my sister-in-law or so-and-so referred me to you. And so you have that warm, you know, touch point at least, but it's not in person. I mean, you're start, starting to get more people that are more comfortable doing right. some of that, but it hasn't been, you know, the way that has. So I really feel like it's staying in front of people and trying to be an, in, a source of information. And what I love to always do is if someone kind of gives me, you know, maybe a warm leader, I met somebody in an event, I'm, you know, trying to follow up with people before all of this happened. And almost, and I, I try to do it in a way that doesn't sound cheesy, because trust me, it, it can, is I understand you might be working with someone. How about a second opinion, especially during times like this? What do you think about cheesy? No, that's like not a medical, cheesy. Like no, a medical second opinion. It's funny opinion. because we literally we used to say, say that. Like, mm -hmm. like, well, I got an agent, but like, does it hurt to get a second opinion? Yeah. Because well, you just, you don't know what you don't know. A lot of people don't know real estate. And I, when I came to you, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Just do 25% in these four markets right. and just do it. I was like, I'm not relying on the stock market at all. Whatever I make up stock market is fun money when I retired. That's how I view it. So I was like, I'm the type of person, if I don't know it, I'll just give it to someone and let them do their job unless something crazy happens. And you're the, 
you're, that's the best. That's the yeah, best. I just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I just like, all right. I was like, I don't know. Like we bought you, we talked about. Trent set that up. I wanted to buy uh, carnival so bad. He knew exactly what he was. He was like, I know what, I know where this is going to get me. I'm going to get a compliment out of this. Right. No, I was just like, you just do it. I'm if, if a plumber comes to the house, like, I don't know, man, you just do it. You tell me what's going to cost and what it takes to get fixed. Cause I have no idea. I'm not going to haggle you or question your work. Cause it's not my area. And it, some people would do that in real estate. They question you about all this stuff, of which course. is fine. Yeah. Oh, but other people are like, hey, you're the agent. And I almost hate when they do that because you're not used to it. And they're like, well, you just tell me what to do. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is your money. I was like, and I know you kind of went down that route with me. It's, I'm like, this is your house. I'll give you advice. And then you let me know what you're comfortable with. And that's yeah. exactly it. And that's the same thing with you. It, but I'm sure yours is, I feel like yours would be tougher because it is people see their retirement in your hands and then whether it's your fault you spread it a COVID-19 virus or not pandemic <laughs> I know it's like your fault you know they take it out on you we run into that same thing like so how do you handle one the prospecting let's go back sorry yeah. Ben had a good yes. question on that I know you did and I didn't really answer so you, you meet people when you kind of do a warm touch but what is your follow-up you know they say most leads take 12 touches how does that work on your end there's always a balance and I'm still finding it of um, wanting to touch base and follow up, but not seeming like, gosh, she's pushy or she's so trying to, if there's ever a personal way I can touch base, like this one lady was telling me about, oh, I decided to rescue a dog during this time. Cause I'm home more in this, that. So it was one of those where I could just sort of, and it sounds silly, but I could be like, oh, Hey, how's Miko doing? You know, just, you know, mm -hmm. how's that training going by yeah. the way and making it not an afterthought, but just, you know, trying to make smooth that out. But Talking about prospecting, I have really been using this time because I can't get face to face. Going back to your question, sorry for avoiding it. We I've, do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we circle around. around we all circle. Over. We would have gotten back to that probably <laughs> in, in, in the last minutes, thirty yeah, minutes. We would have been good though. Yeah, we, we would have gotten yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like I've been using this time since I can't be at events as much, or maybe having this is looking within our own book, and meaning. And we touched on this meaning. <laughs> okay, I've worked with this person long enough that making an ask doesn't seem like okay. I'm opportunistic. They know my work ethic now they know. So for our business, working with the parents and establishing that relationship means something. Then our, if we're doing our job right, and if they have the means, there's a wealth or there's something to be left to the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure I have a relationship with those beneficiaries because I don't want those assets going out the door. So so that it, or, that's the book yeah. I'm reading right now is talk. It talks about your a. So the clients you already work with are going to say your your best relationships. Those are your go tos. Mm -hmm. And the book talks that it, it talks about movements and how movements take hold and whatnot. And it says movements take hold because of the people your A's know. So you you're going to get some information from your A's, but when you start asking them for hey, who do you know, and then you ask those who do you know, it's it's like if if you call, I, I, we had never met before. Yeah. If Trent called me for an interview, if Trent was looking for a job and he says, hey, Ben, do you know, are you hiring? I would absolutely interview Trent because he's a friend, right? If some random person called me, I'd say, I, I don't know about that. Right. But if you called me and said, hey, I know Trent, now I can't say no to you because then <laughs> yeah. I look like a dick. <laughs> He'll get back to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. So it's one of those that, hey, so-and-so sent me to you. Would you be interested in talking? Because now that you've gotten... That, that connection, there's right. a social obligation that they have to say yes to you. Right. I don't, I don't disagree. And that's what that makes I think. Sense. I think for us, it's like we have a confidence in what we do and that, and there's some of those deep seated relationships. And so asking again about whether, and the beneficiary is one of the easiest ones for us. I mean, yeah. it's like, they're usually on the account. Is this that, Hey, we haven't really met. Some people are anti-family meetings because they don't want everyone to know, you know, hey, this is how much we have, but there's a way to do it with discretion mm -hmm. that you can yeah. talk to the beneficiaries and they don't have to have any clue what mom and dad or grandma, whoever, you know, what they own. So I've really been trying to look within our own book for opportunities right now when I can't get out to events or, or to do the typical networking groups. I was like kind of laughing when you said all that because my parent, parents finally got the financial planner. They're like, oh, she's awesome. I was like, well, you just met with her. Like, and they're like, you got to talk to her. I was like, well, I already got one. I was like, yeah. but it's the same like she's not even asking them. So I think it's like when, when you open up someone's eyes or you provide that service, they just, you don't have to ask them. Like you may not know they're spreading right. your name, but it's like when we get a referral from a client, like I got one, she's like, Hey, my sister's looking, I'm going to have her call you. It's like, Oh, 
That's awesome. Never even asked. Those are like yeah. the best ones you can it's get. It's the best because they've already told yeah. your story. Yeah. So they, like they've that. already laid the groundwork for you. And yeah. then you can just come in and be like, it's me. There's no you have to validate yourself because they've already validated you for yourself. Uh, right. for I you. think it's yes. more pressure. Yes. I think it's more pressure because it's like, oh, I don't want to screw up a referral. More pressure? Yeah. Because no. like, not to Confidence get the business. Trend. Right. I lack that. I just act like I have it. But no, it's like, okay, it's a referral. Referral. So I was like, I got to do a real good job. You got to sell their place. And we talked about the market determines how fast a house sells a lot of times. But it's like, you want to make sure you do the best job. So it's almost more of a thing. Cause like after that, the second referral, I'm like comfortable with. But that first one, like, I got to nail it. Like, that's got to yeah. be an A. Plus. Otherwise, I'm like, she's never going to refer anyone again. You're like, well, you know what? You know what I'm and talking about. What type about, of right? expectation did they send right. for you? Like, yeah. I, yes, had, I got dude. one where I had. A, that's the that's the concern. Like, if someone <laughs> right. refers me five years from now and it takes 180 days to sell a house, like, he sold mine in 30 days. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, because there's five houses on the market. I had a, a client who had sent me two referrals while we had had her. They bought and sold, so I had made a, nice. a fair amount of money off of this one client in like a too much stretch. So at closing, I got them something pretty nice. Right. And then <laughs> I got a text from one of the referrals like, hey, uh, we never got ours. I'm like, oh, shit. No. <laughs> what'd, you get him? what'd you get them? What'd you get them? I em? just got them like a gift card for a moving company. Like a, like, like a $500. And they text you and said, yeah. <laughs> See, so it's like the worst thing ever. They were, they were, but it was, I, I had told the other person like, hey, we're happy to do this because you worked with us. Right. And so they were their best friends. So I understand that the conversation was. But it was like, hey, the reason you I did, did not that think about is that? because well, no, because like they, I made a good amount yeah. of money, and right. the other people. It, but again, I was happy to do it for them. Uh, but it was like that expectation where it's like, okay, what did this referral say to this person? Mm-hmm. Because I've got to match that. See, you're you're spot on. Because in our industry, we have to be careful with pricing. Because I mean, we can do relationship type pricing, so that's yeah. always a good another good referral incentive. Is mm-hmm. if you said, "Hey, Cece, my mom and dad are interested," or whomever, I can say, "We'll transfer to a client." We can, but exactly your point about setting expectation is uh, the fee better. I better have an explanation as to why. And in a, in a world yes. already where we are getting fee compressed, I mean, in our join world, it, join it. Know, <laughs> always validate what you do. I'm like, I'm running out of ways to like, I'm just, right. I mean, this is what I do. And there, that's, it's not just about asset management anymore. It's about all of the other things that you can do, but, but you setting expectation in our world. I mean, it, there's other ways, but the fee is always the one we got to be mindful of because people talk about which is crazy. Yes. Oh, either, <laughs> we were the hung, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Oh, well, this person said to do for four. I'm like, Oh my God. Like uh-huh. what else? I was like, I showed you everything I do. And what are they going to do? Like, well, they just said this. I'm like, am I worth it? That's what I ask them. I do discount a little bit when it's like a, a double ended deal. They're buying and selling. I help them out because I if think you're that's listening just a to this podcast and you yeah. are looking for a discount real estate agent, <laughs> there he is. Not discounted. It is. <laughs> yeah, what's the client like, compensated? There we go. Yeah, I just came up with that. Like a client compensation. Like if someone's willing to work with me multiple times, obviously I'm going to do a little bit to help yes, them out. Right. I totally we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I agree with that. I didn't realize there's so many similarities, to be honest with you. I knew it'd be somewhat oh. between our businesses, but I didn't well, realize it's that much. I think that there are a lot of similarities because you're we're we're trying to convince somebody we've never known to sell their biggest asset, and you're trying to convince some people Transfer. that you've never met yeah. to hey, give me your money <laughs> to play with. Yes, right. Like right. Both of those things are like I have no idea who you are. Right. So what is <laughs> so give me so you're at a networking event. Give me a script or a conversation, a general script. I don't know if you have a quote unquote scripts. I'm sure you do, but a script you use with someone at a networking event. And then what's one you use with a client and you ask for a referral? Like, how do you go about it? Usually for a client, if I ask for a referral, I usually wait until the end of the meeting and ask, you know, you know, are there any questions and try to do it. And I always try to do it as a close and say, mm-hmm. there aren't any questions. I have a question for you. Hopefully you've seen, I've done a great job, you know, managing your portfolio. I've helped and maybe try to make it specific as possible or customize it to them. And then say, is there anyone that you can think of that could use, you know, me as an advisor or that could use one of our services? I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you don't mind, I'm going to follow up with you in a week. Because one thing that I've realized Mm -hmm. is you put it in their hands, it hardly ever happens. So if you get the approval for the follow-up, because usually they're always going to say, yeah, sure. Reach out. And you might reach out and they'll say like, oh, I didn't get to, you know, but at yeah, least not you're, top of mind. Yeah. But, and 
I mean, at networking events, I always think too, it's one of the things that I do is I might just make general conversation with people. But one thing I started doing that I had some success with is if you're in a networking group or event, pretty much everyone there is for the same reason. Yes. I used to go into those, hope I see Trent so I can just catch up on life. And and I didn't really utilize it for what I probably could. I'm yeah. just trying to find like the person I knew, the drink and the whatever. The drink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, if you're that socially, I said, ticket. I said it before, if you're socially awkward, you go to a networking event and you'll, you'll open up, man. I, mean, I, I know. And yeah. that's what I would do. You'll find out what not to do what? from some of those people. I fold at those things. I don't, do you really? I, oh, yeah. I'm not quick, good at like conversation. Tangent, ben, <laughs> quick tangent. I met this other real estate agent at a networking event in downtown Dayton. The dude was sweating profusely. He's like, yeah, man. He's just wiping his face. Like, yeah, got in real estate sweating. I'm like, what is wrong with him right now? I, they would look at me like, why is that guy just sitting in the corner no, by himself? <laughs> this is what I used what to do. What drugs did he take? Before yeah. he I would literally sit in the car and be like, you have to make yourself uncomfortable. You have to make yourself. Because I would have yeah. a pep talk. And then it was one of those, weird, you know, when people give speeches and they say like, picture everyone in the room naked or whatever to yeah. like make you. I was like, wait, everyone here feels the same way and if you go up to somebody you're almost like rescuing they're like oh yes he's talking to me so yeah. i kind of just i'm just i hate small talk more than anything in the world so it's like hey how's the day going it's great how about you what do you do i like i, I just know. can't do that and so i was just like if somebody came up to me like hey what do you do i'd be like i don't want to do this well and anytime <laughs> i'm like i'm a financial advisor it's like glaze over because it's just like she's boring she's you might as well say you're a math teacher well yeah. this is gonna be real fun so people come up with things like i'm not in the field of healthcare. I'm in the field of wealth care. I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah. I can't do That's the corny. like. So what's something I did yeah. because I was like, yeah, I'd go to events and I'd be like, oh, I don't know. So what I would do is I, whoever ran the event, I would follow up with them and say, do you mind? I, there were a few people in the room I didn't have a chance to touch base with, whether that was true or not. Mm -hmm. Can I have a list of the attendees? And so nine times out of 10, I get a list of an Excel spreadsheet of the attendees. Nice. And then I pick, oh, okay. Like this last one I went to, right before COVID happened was with different CEOs in the area. Not even from a client perspective, but again, I mentioned I moved from Columbus to Dayton. So I'm trying to like revamp my social circle and who mm -hmm. I know because I don't know a ton of people in the area still. So it's like a, an opportunity with CEOs and just to have conversations. So I just pinpointed some and then you have that warm touch. Yeah. Hey, you were at the you know Generation Dayton event. I didn't get a chance to talk to you. Would you be willing to meet for it? And then it's warm. It's a touch point. And then it's kind of that you have more time to sort of prep, if that yeah. makes sense. Before right. I see you in two weeks, I can think of some things instead of like standing there on the spot. So that's something that I've done. That is a good point. I like they that. almost always give the attendees because most people don't care if you share their name or contact information because they were there to try to meet people. I like that. There's a book. I was reading it. I didn't finish it all the way yet, but it literally talks about that. Um, I'll, I'll have to like post it. I'll, I'll have to say something about it on the next one, but it's literally, it talks about, you go to the event, find an event coordinator, find out like who the top people are, get the list of people, find the top people you want. And he's like, you purposely put yourself in front of those people, whether you find out where they're sitting at, where, where they go to dinner. I forget exactly what he says is like the book's titled something go to lunch or never eat alone. Never eat alone. Thank you. That's exactly what it is. Good job. Did I you read you that? I told you guys' synergy is just really I know. We got a good <laughs> really podcast. Good. <laughs> hey, what? Within like 100 episodes, we're going to be fucking... We're going to be good. We're really killing it, dude. We, are we will be. Look at this. We matched. We matched fucking khakis <laughs> and a purple blue shirt. We're like, linked. <laughs> I'm 32. He's like 22. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. I'm going bald. He's got nice hair. We're fucked. You're tall. Uh, short. Um, but so it's the same thing. Essentially, what you did, which is pretty awesome. One thing I was going to bring up when you're talking to the clients is a script we use in real estate called The Promise. That's, ex my, that's where my brain went. See? When she said that, it's like The Promise. Oh, would I was be wondering that. For that. I want to hear this. You, could, you could manipulate a little bit, but basically you sit down with the client and be like, hey, I hope to provide a really good service. And at the end of that, you know, I hope to get at least one referral from you. And if I don't, I'm going to assume I did a bad job. I'm going to ask you what I did later. So you make the person feel obligated and pressured. Mm -hmm. um, in a way to give you a, ref it's, it's a referral not a, one way or the other. It's not a hot way. pressure, but it's, hey, if I'm doing good for you. You should give me a you referral. Should, they're, they're, like there should be a referral. You are going to talk to somebody about finances Family. in I mean, the next a house six months. Finances. Yeah. So if I, when I follow up with you in six months and you don't have a referral for me, I'm going to assume that there's something I need to do differently. Yeah, It's I a like great, that. you could take that script and like just translate, because ours is, you know, a 30, 60 day script. So it's yeah. like, Hey, you know, we're gonna help you sell your house. We're gonna do everything we can. We want to provide the best service. 
And if we don't get a referral at the closing table, so we give them a timeline when we're right. in front of them. So yeah. it's, hey, at the closing table, if I haven't gotten a, a referral, referral for you, you and I are going to have a conversation about what I could have done differently through this transaction. And because then you like remind that. them of that. Yeah. I really like that. And then they get awkward. Then at the closing table, they feel obligated (laughs) because they're like, wait a second. I don't want Ben to think he did a bad job. Right. Yeah. So let me find somebody. And when you're selling your house, the best part about when you're selling your house is you're telling everybody you're selling your house. So one person that you say, I'm going to sell my house is they're telling your family. I've been thinking about selling real estate. The whole family knows. Right. So you could, you could use that for sure in uh, like the financial Thank setting. You. Just change it, I think. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's a good script. We'll send it, it over it just, to you. Yeah, it's the problem. It's just the personal. Yeah. Like, See, this is good because talking about prospecting, like I always think about building like what we call like <sighs> yeah. the centers of influence yeah. and making your like making your a sphere. team outside of, ba- of Baird. Like I don't, you know, who do I work? Attorneys or CPAs or. Right. And just having See, that where I, I feel like. I would not on. want your job. No. I, I would. I am happy calling someone about selling their house like because people view their house not as an asset which is weird you try to have that conversation when you list it or you help someone find it right but it's not it's like a place to live that they pay rent they see it as paying rent they don't see it as investing and then when they get the anything. check at closing table they're like oh wow this is great yeah like, yeah that's what I you do. remember when i said yeah. that's what happens when you fix up your house and live there for 10 years you make it nice <laughs> it's hard to turn a profit on a house you lived in for two years unless you bought a dump and you fixed it but you i mean like going back to what Ben said that to me calling people way more awkward asking to handle their finances because it's super personal because we don't see any numbers until the end of the it, deal. It, it, our, our, yeah. What you deal with is like if, cause again, it's not, uh, it's not really the market goes up and down and there's really no way to predict it. So right. for us, it's like if we had no way of predicting if our like clients houses were going to burn down <laughs> in the middle of a listing <laughs> or the basement floods. And then they called us to blame us for it. Like that's, <laughs> right. that's what I am grateful that I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. But there, then there's the other side of it where our business, we say is so funny because our whole goal, not our whole goal, but one of the goals obviously is to get people to retirement. Right. And then we're like, and then the goal is to, for you to actually take the money that we've built. So that's why we, obviously you always right. have to be growing because you finally get to be able to the, point where they're retiring and then they're like oh and now i need my five thousand dollars a month and you're like and that's sixty thousand out the door yep okay every year and you just <laughs> yeah. like oh okay we did our job but you gotta keep the pipeline going right but getting people to that point and i'm not i'm not i promise you i said something about being cheesy earlier I, I genuinely mean this when i say sitting across the table from somebody and being able to say okay you want to retire at 62 this is what we can do this is what's sustainable this and to see them be like oh my god Cause I mean, you, mm-hmm. you put, you put money into something and you work and you work and you just, it's one of those, it's just the daily grind. And then to be able to say something like, Hey, guess what, Ben, that all paid off Yeah. because, and it, right. I think it's that, and I'm not acting like every moment's that, you know, happy go. Cause we have to have tough conversations. I used to feel this guilt of like your plan failed. You have a 0% probability of success. <laughs> and I would want to like cry. Be like, yeah. ah. and then I'm like, you know what? They, it, this, this is on them because they weren't disciplined enough oh or they God. didn't. So you just, so I think it's, again, I'm not immune That'd be to the it. most awkward conversation and be like, it's like when you talk to someone about their house and they're like, why is this not worth 200? I'm like, because your house looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> How much you, time do you have? You hoarded. You haven't touched it since the sixties. You've been chain like, smoking for 20 years. And I'm you're sorry, living. Doris. It's not a 250 house in Springboro. Yeah. It's at 125. And then yeah. like they, they're crushed. Cause like to them, it's a nice house. And you're like, you're a dick, basically. See, I when, feel like for you guys, like I would hate like HDTV and oh, all these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, but I saw, you know, whatever. And you're like, I open, I open every convers- every listening <laughs> appointment with, "Are you allowing me to speak honestly with you?" Yes. Okay. These are the things I would change. <laughs> really? Uh, well, yeah, because if you, if I, if I go through and I d- haven't had that conversation, hey, yeah, I understand it's your decoration, right? But clients aren't gonna buy your decorations for sure. It's and so personal. your decorations are distracting clients from purchasing your house. Right. Let me just speak honestly with you because I don't get paid unless your house sells and you don't like me right. unless your house sells. Right. It's just the truth. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we have the same thing. That's what, you know, one of the things during this roller coaster and just picking on COVID, it's like, I, I hope people understand, like when the market goes down, I understand you're upset and I understand that you, but I also, I mean, my fees go down to my income goes down when the market goes down. So this isn't like, I'm just over here, you know, life's great. You rake in all the money. They see that wall street stuff where they're like, Oh, well they made all that money. 
uh, you said on one of your podcasts you about you know people giving the industry Wait, a bad what'd name. you say can you go back and say that you listen to our podcast. She's you one of thirty five thousand. Yeah, downloads. she's one of thirty thousand. Thirty five thousand downloads. Thirty five thousand downloads. Wait till I yeah. pass it on to my other thirty thousand friends. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> See, she's got to put it on her business page. This like, is, hey, check out the podcast. This is what we, that book talks about. This yeah. is how movements are started. Yeah. The yeah. A's, yeah. The, your the A people you know, refer them to their A people they know. Ben, exactly. what's the book? Uh, it's called The Power of Habit. Okay, mark that down. It's a good book. It really is. It's. I thought it was more of like going to teach me about habit, uh, how to like build oh, a habit for myself. For <laughs> yeah. Don't you love you get to the last page and you're like, I was waiting on like the sentence. The apex. Like yeah. the sentence. That's, it yeah. was, it's one of those like, it's one of those books that's like, it's really informational and it's nice, but like it hasn't, I've learned a lot of stories about like how Starbucks and Target and like. I hate those books. I know. Yeah. Like I learned all about Targets. Like I'm telling you, think and grow rich, man. Yeah. It's got that's everything what, yeah. in it, dude everything you need you have you read like, that this is like the book club i feel way behind <laughs> i've read that book I mean, literally I read five like times reports and things that's one like, i've never read you what? gotta read it man i know oh it's so good what is it again think and grow rich one day Napoleon Hill, one day it's like the yeah. best-selling business book it is in the world. it is it oh. is like the yeah you should one see day, mine's uh, tore up one day trent came into the office with four dave ramsey books for me i was like you're really <laughs> worried about me aren't you <laughs> <laughs> He said, baggies, like this is for he said, this, he said, here, read here. These are for you. Read you don't understand. It's been IRS so stories, of, okay? Instead of it's handing him the yeah. Dave Ramsey thing. books, you handed him my business card, I was hoping. Yeah, I, that's why I brought you on the podcast. Get, get the this IRS is a subtle off my in, ass. invitation. Yeah. It's no one. Once I IRS is like a tick on Ben's ass, and that <laughs> yeah. thing is fat as fuck. I see, I see black <laughs> SUVs driving down my street. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. They're coming. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Dude, my roommate college worked for IRS. Oh, he legit has some machine gun in his back of his SUV. He's I, out in California now, but I told I, he worked for him, went around, like went up to people who owed a shit ton of money to where he had to have a weapon. Yeah. I, I don't owe, I don't owe that much. So basically what happens, my taxes were filed poorly by me for four years. <laughs> and there were also taxes that weren't filed. There were also, there was also, there was, there was also two years that weren't filed. So I he's got, like, he's like, they didn't ask for him. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, well, dad, they didn't ask the IRS didn't ask. And they also told me that I was, they never told me I filed the two, two out, two out of the four years I hadn't filed right. two out of those four. I'm sharing everything with everybody. I so love here this. We are. This is therapy. So two out of the four years were filed wrong. Um, but they never asked and I didn't know. Again, I'm 26 years old. I'm for, I'm he really, went to Miami. The IRS yeah, everything taken care of. Really so I got a friendly letter that, Hey, you need to do this. So I started the process and I went to the IRS office. You just go downtown and I brought all, all the paperwork. I had everything ready and we sit down for like three hours with this guy and he, I mean, he's loving his <laughs> job and he goes, yeah, I've had a couple people with like million dollar fines. I'm like, Oh, so I'm good. He's like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so he sits down and he finishes up all my stuff and he shows me, Hey, this is how much you owe and this is how much your monthly bill is. And this is your interest rate. And I said, oh, that that sucks. And they charge you interest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like a, the a, a fail, failure to file and a failure yeah. to pay. Oh, my yeah. Yes. So I, uh, so the two years I had filed, they were like, wait a second. You filed as this. You need to file as this. So what you paid is like a quarter of what you owe. So they put all those years together <laughs> and they're like, here's your bill. And he's like, this was kind of a fun one. There were a lot of moving parts. I'm like, really? Because I just bought a really nice car. Yeah. That I don't get to drive. I'm surprised your hair is not gray. Yeah. I mean, honestly. I mean, that guy's analytical. I, if I was all that mess, I'm And they like, can't. Geez. There was one document. My favorite part about this story was there was one document that I, all I had to finish was this one document. It's probably like a A506C or something oh, yeah. like that. And um, I had to... I had to fill it out to get everything done. And he hands it to me. He's like, you can fill it out, but we've got about 15 minutes left. And I said, okay, I'll just fill it out. And I start filling it out. And he's like, you sure you don't want to take that home? Cause they can't help you. I was like, no, no, like I, I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like I'll fill it out now. He's like, he comes back and he looks over my shoulder. He's like, I really think you need to take that home and look over it. And I had like filled it out that I owed the IRS like double what I had owed. Oh no. <laughs> so I go home and I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh, thank God he sent me home because I would have been over like I would have been debted to the IRS for 40 years. So I have a question. Which is worse, the experience with the IRS or going to the BMV for a new license? 
and the oh, driver's no. license no. where you have to bring the file cabinet. Oh, I haven't had that yet. Two, I two don't do letters, the, I don't have the two bills yet. in your name. My wife has to do that. She has to get her license expired. I don't have any bills in my name. May. Yeah, you got to get, you have to have like two bills in your name and then social security number or birth certificate. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all about it though. Taylor has everything in her name. See, there she is switch. building her credit. You with you not? She's <laughs> she's she's, she's babysitting Ben. Oh yeah. When, <laughs> when my wife and I got together, she moved in, and she's the she's the best in the world. But she moved into our house, and but the, the story. No, I was supposed to say and the story is the way that she moved in is really funny. She we had a three bedroom house, and she was just kind of staying there. Right, You're, we're dating, and. Mm-hmm. One day she comes out of a guest bedroom that had nothing in there. And she starts laughing as I'm walking in the bedroom. I'm like, what is funny? And I, I couldn't like let it go. So I got out of bed and she had moved all of her stuff into that guest bedroom. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was like, she wanted to move in. So she moved in. Um, but so a couple months later, there's a, I go to work and there's a, uh, again, I never really paid bills before. It was all kind of. <laughs> taken care of are you a trust fund baby i'm not are you gonna he be- might as well be he <laughs> went to miami they had heated know. sidewalks so they went <laughs> slip and fall and bust their pretty faces i'm like so what? i get a big taylor sends me a picture of a big yellow sticker on our front door that we had till 4 p.m to shut our to pay our water bill or it was getting shut off and so at that point taylor took over our finances and from there i have no idea <laughs> bless her yeah you know what's funny? You know what I love about this is I used to always have such a uh, beef with my former boss when I was at Morgan Stanley. Hopefully he's not listening because he would sit. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. He would sit across the table from a couple, and let's say you know it's you and it's Taylor, and he'd be like, "So we oh, need to." No. And I'm talking like, to the guy the whole yes, time. Yes, and yeah. coming from a woman oh. in finance, you know, where I'm like, actually, if anyone had any idea, same thing. Craig is very my husband, very hands off. Yeah. Tell me what to do. You know, mm-hmm. not just because of what I do, <laughs> but probably just yeah, not in every facet, right? But, you know, yeah. Financially, and but that would always and same situation. And I think that's one of the the cool things about where generationally where we're going is just yeah. the involvement of now. Now that you're in the dark, yeah. So now women are you know Ben is in the dark. Right? Oh, I don't. I couldn't. I she. Whenever I talk about her savings, she's like, "We have like ten. We have. Whenever I'm like, "How much do we have in savings?" She goes, "We have ten dollars." <laughs> <laughs> she like, won't tell me anything about her finances. Well, I was based like, off what you owe the IRS, you probably yeah. have ten dollars. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, so what? What are, are we? We have ten dollars. Okay, got it. That's what's funny. Like me and my wife, we're not in a negative way because she owns her own business and she does her own thing. But we're old school. I take care of the bills, yard, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We talk about it, but and she's like the house kid, which that's a lot of work. Let's be real. Yeah. You'll find out in about. Three, 24, two hours, two hours, 24, 24 hours, hours, 24 hours, 48 hours. But it, it is funny. And then that's the weird part. Like we talked about this last time was like, you gotta find out who's the decision maker in the partnership, but not me. you can't also nowadays, like you were saying, you can't ignore the other person. No, you can't go take the guy out for scotch and leave the wife there to go knit a sweatshirt. Like you gotta like entertain both of them because they both will have something to say, That's whether it's a male, yeah. female, female, male. And most of the time, we I go to a listening appointment. It's usually the wife. Oh, uh, if you so there, and the guys just annoyed you're even there. That's and, how it was when we <laughs> sold our house. If you talk, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm with you that if you talk to the husband over the wife, you you've lost every single every I point. So, I, yeah. I always direct my conversation, my questions to the wife, making sure the husband feels like I'm not ignoring exactly. him. Exactly, but I I. It's eye the, the modern day, I, the modern day. Let's be real: is mm-hmm. the the woman is the decision maker in the house, right? She, she. I, I will say, it's always been a decision. What What's the saying? That I think is detrimental every marriage. I, I never mentioned this before, but happy wife, happy life. Yeah, there's a there's a point to that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes it's misconstrued with you sit next to a husband and wife and. And he's the one talking, talking. So you're like, he's right. a decision maker. But they after they leave, car, and she's oh, like, they get in yeah. that car and she's like. Nope, don't like it. No, I didn't like. Well, didn't I didn't like her personality. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, the, the energy, just the, energy. the vibe. The vibe. What was the? What was? Our friend Kathy a, does financial planning. Have you ever? It was. It was a listing appointment. I forget who who's does it. But instead of sitting across the table, and I think it's the weirdest, you sit beside them. I think that's the weirdest thing ever. No, I can't I, do. Hundred percent. You guys do are the couple that sits next to each other in the booth. No, no me, 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 fun of all of them. Yeah. Say you came in to give Trent and yeah. I were were a modern couple, right? Yes. Uh, man and man, <laughs> and him and I are sitting together. And instead of sitting 
there, there, you, you sit here. next to us yes. at the meeting. You got to do it. I think that is very weird. No, and I'm not I, comfortable doing that. So, the one I was just on, the wife sat like where you are. Like, so explain then it. Stays your opposite. Yeah. So, I sit on the long end of the table, and they both sit on. I sit on the short end. They both sit on the long end. So yeah, I'm okay with because if you're sitting across yeah, like Stacy, it's more of like a car dealership. You're in a negotiation. You're in a fighting position. Where if you're beside them, you're looking side to side with each person. They're not looking dead in your eye like, no, I'm not paying you 6% or no, we're listing our house at $2 million when it's $125,000. Like when you're on the side sitting here and they're both looking at you side to side, you make eye contact to both real easy and it's not a dead stare. They can look at each other and kind of do that look like, I guess we're, we'll just list it because we don't want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I'm I, telling you. You guys in your industry, since we're all in sales. I avoid the confrontation. You talk about your your mm-hmm. pitch, you know, or your elevator seat, whatever it may be. I don't, our industry studies so much about body language and yeah, I feel like 100%. it is, and it really, it, there really is some, some truth to that. I mean, I feel like, you know, the like lean back arms crossed or the like I'm leaning you in gotta match them. and yes. And trying to just be, be mindful of that. And honestly, in our industry, I'd say the biggest thing for us is just listening yeah. because mm-hmm. we like to try to, I say we as in, you know, advisors or people, I want to prove to you how smart I am. So let me talk, 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 you know, and just, and yes, actually, shut up. and you can pick up on those <laughs> yeah. advisors so easily that it's like, I just told you, you know, that I'm a million in debt right. and you just rattled off because you couldn't wait to say, this is how smart I am. And this is, so there are definitely those cues and sometimes just right. Shutting up and listening and is the best. Most listing appointments for <laughs> us, they don't care to talk about selling their house. They care to talk about like their dogs or their kids or what they've done in the house. And you're yeah. just like, and you care, but you're just like, okay, yeah. Or their memories or the memories. And uh, if you're the agent who yeah. listens and responds, yes. chances are you'll win. It's not that you had a better pitch. I don't, when I first got into the business, Part of it. when I first got in the business, everybody was like, you need a great listing presentation, which was, a, which was a packet. Yeah. That I, showed, the last time I've done I one. put my house on, I put your house on Zillow, truly a realtor. And I, I've, I, people come up to me like, what's your listing presentation? I, dude, I bring an MLS sheet and talk to them and I, that's it. I don't I'm bring anything to 100% it. 100% with you. Like I'll kind of have it prepped, but I've noticed like you, you start having the conversation one, you start going through it. And I literally like, I can tell you're not that interested in it. I just want to show you like what I'm doing is more than whatever, or I'm different or I do more than any other agent. I'm not just putting a sign yard and hoping it sells and all that stuff we talked about before. So you kind of, I always kind of have it standby or a generic one ready, not all the details. Cause at the end of the day, the people know like kind of like stocks in a way they know what their house is probably going to sell for, at least right now. Cause they can see the neighbor sold, you know, you might have to update them. But like I talked about before, it's rapport building. Yep. You listen to them. You sit there in your mind, say, shut up, let them talk. They don't care about what you have to say. And you just build that relationship. People don't like being sold, but they love shopping with friends. Oh, I didn't make that up. That's a good term. I've heard that. So dumb. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I've I've read a little bit of that book. The sell like Sir Hamp. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Do you, in your field, we've, we've obviously talked about a lot of similarities. Do you guys ever feel like you battle the age number? I do. I don't because you, I got enough thin hair that they think (laughs) I battle the age. I battle the age all the time. I get, I still get congratulated at closing tables. Like they think it's my first closing. Are you serious? All uh, Uh. almost every closing. I not almost every closing, but a lot of closings like congratulations. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Is it your age or the way you dress like a frat boy that they think it's your first closing? I, I don't wear Crocs to closings. <laughs> I think that means you're approachable. Yeah, yeah. I'm approachable. Yeah, yeah so, is, down to earth. so is Uncle Fred in Kentucky, could, but I he could, doesn't sell multi million dollar houses. I can okay. make a script for it. There have been listening appointments where I showed up in Crocs. I'm like, oh, I was showing a muddy property and these are the only shoes I had. Crocs? I, I mean, you never know. <laughs> But you can you can make a script for any outfit. Like I could say that for yeah. right now, how we're dressed, you know, it's people are welcoming us into their home, and that's the most you personal don't have thing to be in a suit do. and tie. They're not going to be in a suit and tie in ours. But then right. you can flip it and be the suit and tie agent and be like, so many agents are wearing shorts and button ups that I want to be an agent for a professional because if this is a professional field, right. you can you can flip a script for anything. Yeah, that we have a fine line. I feel like in our industry where <clears throat> I we love you know. The nice suits in the back and the cars and the, there's this like, right. but I've always had this thing where I'm like, I drive a Honda Pilot and if <laughs> I drive up to my to my client's house in that Honda Pilot, they're not gonna think 
Jesus, what does she charge me when I right. roll up in my Mercedes yes. or my whatever? But there's also a level that's like, if she drives that and dresses the way she's successful, she knows what she's talking about. So there's, I don't right. know which way. I don't think you know, it matters. I, don't I think, think it honestly, either. it doesn't really matter because people are going, I think we get as salespeople, we get in this nitpicky thing where it's like, okay, like I'm looking at a new truck and I've had this talk with another agent. Like everyone relates to a truck. They don't get mad because it's too nice. They don't get mad because it's too crappy. Everyone loves a truck. I've yes. had multiple people say like, oh, that's a nice truck. It's not a Mercedes or GY, anything yes, like that. Right. But I'm also not rolling up in the beat up Honda Accord. So it's like, can you draw the line or does it matter? I think first impressions, yeah, they'd be like, oh, how much am I paying them? But if you go in there, you have a good conversation, you relate to them. Yeah. I have no, yes. I've said this forever. I, I know I'm a little different, but I have no problem paying people money they deserve as long as I think they're treating me fair. They give you the right service more than anything. Yes. And their approach, and like Ben said, they're like a friend that you're going to shopping for a house with or they're selling your house. They want someone who will kind of give them that hard conversation about, hey, we shouldn't do this, but if you want to do it, we will. Um, and they say, Hey, this is a great choice. I think as long as you're, you can break through that first impression thing in five seconds. And, and I script around it. I mean, people, oh, people yeah. like you're young and hungry. I get that a lot. So they're, they're appreciative of that. And then a big script I use is, you know, you can use an agent who's been in the business and telling you that they've been in the business for 35 years, but they started selling houses 35 years ago when the MLS wasn't even a thing. It's so funny. So do you yeah. want to use somebody who's still doing print advertising that sells 1% or do you want to use somebody who grew up with the internet? It's true. I and, know. And I, people yeah. like that a lot. So I, any like negative, just script around it. And if you're- There's a if, conversation if can, around everything. Yeah. yeah. If you can communicate better, then they're like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about despite how young he is. That's true. And I think it plays into how we said we prospect too, right? Like, so if I say I- Yes, I'm, you know, 31 years old, but that's so that I can see you through retirement, your kids through retirement, and you feel like you create yeah, that great. Like, that's a great legacy. Talk, yeah. You just, you just, cre you just of, scripted around the, right. the negative that yeah. they presented. I mean, that is like, yeah, obviously, why would I not? Why would I want somebody who's going to not be able to see me right. out of retirement? They're retired before I am. Right. And I, that right there is just, and then when your kids go off, I can, I'll pass somebody along that will also be 31 that will take them through. Right. That's, I mean, yeah, yeah. you just script around any negative. That's true. In the funny, see, we have, he goes for expires where he has more of a script and conversation. I kind of don't, but you do have scripts in a way. It's like a wrestling match for every move. There's a counter move. Yes. It's just how many moves do you know that your client doesn't. So at the end you win It's basically, you're just going counter for counter punch it, for punch. And as long as you know how like avoid them or circle around them, you're going to win. And it's the same conversation with any sales. If you're competitive, I think it's Grant Cardone who says the, you know, at, at every conversation, you're either selling them on your service or they're selling you on why they don't want your service. That's a good way to look at right? it. Right. If I go, if mm -hmm. I cold call somebody, they're either, I'm either selling them on a listing appointment. Cause again, the first cold call, you're just pushing the appointment. Mm -hmm. I'm either selling them on getting the appointment with me or they're selling me on why Avoiding it. they're not going to go on the appointment with me. Right. Right. So if you're competitive, it's like, no, I'm going to win this wrestling match. Like Trent said. I, yeah. the best one I ever had was a guy, Fizbo. He kept saying, no, no, no. It took me four no's before he finally agreed to yes. And that, that was awesome. You know yeah. what I mean? He just like, sometimes you say no and I act like I didn't hear it. And I just kept talking, like went up to the next question Yeah, and they don't know what to do. Like, I, it's like, wait, what? He wasn't like, oh, okay. Well, what about this? They're just like, oh, great. So when you sell it with me, like, you know, you just go through it or Hey, when you do finances, you muscle through, it's fun. It Some, is fun. Sometimes. If you, if, I think it's real. I, like, I really think it's riveting, but. If you're like 150 calls like you're in and destroyed. you haven't scheduled an appointment, it's like, oh my gosh. What? Duh. Yeah. I tell my. That's our drinking and start making calls. My wife <laughs> thinks it's crazy. It's like, I'll have days where I'll like make 200 phone calls, won't get a single appointment. And then the next day I'll make 12 and get like five. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the numbers always add up. It's just like, it's just make the, do the numbers, do the business. Oh, I know. Here's a question. Okay. I'm not the the company's name goes by Southeastern Individual. Okay. Why do they always try to sell me life insurance? Oh. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. But just say so, it. Southeastern. Oh. Mutual. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got I, it. They, I get I get a different I did get a different message gotcha. like every other week. From somebody from somebody because it's new. money and well, but it's it's I tell them hey life I, insurance life insurance commissions are very big so that's why that's it depends the first if thing. it's hey and did you read the Dave Ramsey book I haven't <laughs> he answers that in a heartbeat life insurance commissions yeah. are very big um they'll they'll play into they'll, they'll, you know well don't you want to 
Make sure Taylor's taking care. They'll well, play the, into oh, that, oh, but yeah. the, the check is big, and sometimes there's trails, so it's like, oh, and then for so many years, I get a four percent trail or whatever it is. But that's why. I mean, it's that. It's that. It's that check. It, and but I've I told, hate to say it, but it's probably but no, why it, they don't no, know it, you. It is a check. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that. I mean, I, it's every single time. It's, I, I'm all. If you, if oh, I'm going to say this, and if we actually have listeners, they're going to start blowing me up. But if you ever call me, I'm always one that's like, hey, I'll give you the benefit. I'll listen. I always am willing to hear people out. Right. Um. But every time with that company, I say, you know, I, I, I've heard this, the pitch for the life insurance like 10 times. Yeah. You got to bring me something different. I have a real <laughs> issue. And every single time they bring me life insurance. Yeah. I'm like, man, right. I told you when I set this appointment. That but that's like, what they're set to different. do and they yeah. can't change. They uh, yeah. can't flip it. I was going to say, I have a real issue with someone who wants to always say, this is the product for you. What do you honestly yeah. know about me? So I think always being so quick to like offer a recommendation and offer product. I should have, I should sit with you for right hours on end before I really know, because that's just, it's, it's just not, it's not good business. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, nothing about me and you're going to offer, you know, throw a product and then it's at me. How, if, if you were to pass, how long would you want Taylor to be comfortable for, uh, for the rest Forever. of her life? But I'm not going to pay that. Ben, all you <laughs> yeah. got to say is never because she probably killed me and that's why I'm dead. Right? And she, then you just see the guy like, oh, oh, yeah. Taylor you had, had to throw him off their screen. I, I was doing baseboard in the, uh, in the bedroom and I left a hammer on her nightstand. <laughs> and she uh, she woke when she went to bed and she like, this last night she like lifted up and like, what's this for? I was like, I honestly, when you lifted that up, I was like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I had left it Hormones. there. Oh, she you know, I got, anything, I got like, I'm a mom of two. I've got like I'm 10 years before she kills me. I you got to get, get that life insurance first. Yeah. She can't get life get insurance if she kills me. First. That's hilarious. If you go to an advisor and they don't say your number one priority is paying off the IRS. Yes. <laughs> Not selling <laughs> no, you No, no, take your money and invest it right now. Yeah, all that discretionary Listen, income. buddy, I am facing five to six if I don't get this paid off. So could we? <laughs> Bro, we could do a podcast off. in jail. We would blow shit up. We could would be 30,000 downloads an episode. Oh my gosh, could you imagine if- Hey, Ben, what happened when you dropped the soap today? The payments. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, you're a pretty boy from Miami. You make friends. Well, you go to you go to the good. <laughs> you got jail. nice hair. You're I would young. go to the. I wouldn't go if I went to prison. Dude. Oh my god. The number one thing keeping me from doing anything stupid, going to prison and uh, watching like Shawshank Redemption and stuff. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah, I could. No, I would last zero days in prison. I could do cushy jail. I could do white collar jail. <laughs> right. Everyone <laughs> could do that while you're playing racquetball with like. Like I, I probably yeah, honestly thrive there. <laughs> <laughs> but prison? <laughs> no. With real people with, from the real world? With real criminals? The peasants. No shot. <laughs> You'd be like that Tiger King in prison. I, yeah. You won't, you won't last. I would not last a second in prison. You're so soft. Yeah. <laughs> I could fake it for a week and then I'd get. No. I could fake it. They put me in that 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 cell door shuts and that guard would be crying in the corner. I'm looking through right, the glass door, watery eyes, like, so buddy, hard. please do not. I'm I'm Everyone the guy who just make friends me. with the guard. They would I would. St I'd be the. You know, like when when you were like a little kid, and I'm gonna share a lot about me, and like there were the bullies on the playground, so you stood next to like the teacher on the playground. <laughs> yeah. I'd stand next to that guard station at all times. <laughs> <laughs> With everything I got, I would just stand there and like, you can't pick on me when the guards are next to me. <laughs> Prison. Oh, I'm actually visualizing that right I am now. too. And I can I, see I, it. First time I met I you totally and I really have a good visual. <laughs> yeah. She says you're a pussy. Yeah, well, are you saying. kidding me? I've never said that I've been a tough guy. That's hilarious. All right, Stacey, where can everyone find you? Reach out to you. Um, so S Kester's K O E S T E R S at rwbeard.com, or you can just Google search the Ingersoll winning group, right? Baird, or you can call Trent or text Trent and he has my information. Whoa. So if you guys are looking to buy, sell a house or get in the financial information, my number is, you're going to give people your phone number. No, I'm not. I mean, I don't want creepy messages and stuff. Did you guys see Ryan Serhant? Did you see where he's? Is that like a legitimate thing? No, where he's it did. No, it's, it's a all, it's a system where like it goes to just Tom Ferry like, does Tom right. Fer yeah, they all do it. It's almost like a Google Voice number in a way, but it's like yeah. mass. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was the first one to start doing that. Mike Jones actually gave his real phone number in that song. 
Did you guys really? remember that? Yes. Two eight one three three zero. Hit me up on the low because Mike Jones about to blow, and he was not anticipating himself to become famous when he released his <laughs> phone number in a song. Really? You don't know this? No. Do I look like I oh, listen I to rap? Yeah, Mike, Mike yeah, Jones. It was maybe like two thousand eight. He's a country boy. He yeah. He, I graduated. He, he was I probably rapper. heard the song, but he was not a attention. famous rapper. Created a song. It was just his phone number. Right. And he blew up off of that song. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so should I put my number out? Or are we gonna blow up? Can I might sell imagine? a lot of houses. You could. It might be. I got big numbers. Got so, big numbers. Okay, yeah. your office is also <laughs> sorry. We zone out. Yeah, we're neighbors. We're neighbors. They're over there. Um, Austin Landing. Oh. Uh, we'll put Stacy's information. That's a if that's okay in the podcast. Away from please. Us. In the notes is what all the professionals say. In the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, internet. Ben. All right, that's it. Thank you guys. I'll Thank you so for having us on there. This was fun. We got to do some more. Um, you guys can find us at Real Pursuit on Instagram or Real Pursuit Podcast at gmail.com. You guys have a good one. <laughs>